Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 53 of the Mess Hall Podcast. Um, this is the second part of a special two-part episode of the food fight that I had with Kevin and Adam. It was great. Uh, I had a ton of fun doing it. I know Kevin and Adam did, so thank you again to those two. Uh, it's going to pick off, pick up right where the second one left off with some good chicken wing talk. I, we're getting right into uh, best sauces on chicken wings, so I hope you enjoy the Mess Hall Podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. And this week's sh- podcast shout-out is going to Makeshift Stories. I've been enjoying this. I've been listening to uh, several of, over the last couple weeks. Um, just because I like sci-fi and stuff like that, I've been a sort of a nerdy Star Trek guy over the years in Star Wars. I've enjoyed them both, so I really like this one. It explores space and time and alternate realities. So it's been a fun podcast for me to listen to. So I hope you enjoy listening to it too. So again, makeshift stories. Make sure you give it a listen. It's, again, a uh, great podcast that's on the Alberta Podcast Network. opinion when it comes to hot wings. Yes. And that is, if you're going to do a hot wing, you can't use a, a, like a, a generic hot sauce. Okay. You, you can't use something um, equivalent to a Frank's or something like that. Because I find that there's just not enough substance to the sauce to stick. Yeah. Right? yeah. You need a sauce that has a little bit of body, a little bit of... I don't want to say like chunky, but you can tell it's been pureed or, or made with real ingredients rather than just a bunch of spices tossed into some vinegar, right? Because that way you actually get to have it stick to the wing and you actually get to enjoy all the steps and flavors that went into making the sauce. So are you thinking like almost a uh, jerk sauce, like a jerk shake? You, you could do that. There's also a lot of um, specialty hot sauces out there that it actually looks like they cooked everything together then immersion blender yeah. or, or hand blender and made a puree out of it and that's their sauce. And... And for me, that's superior to, to something that's more fluid like a, a, a Northern Heat-style hot sauce or a Frank's because you can actually see that they had steps to building and layering flavors. Yeah. There's the sauce, yeah, it's got to have some texture or some body, as you say. But then you come across some other places that, say, they're doing a garlic parmesan. Yeah. Powdered garlic and parmesan cheese. It's still not bad, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down whether it's a rub or something like that or, or mm. a bodied sauce. Is it oversauced? Or is it, are they now drowning in it? Or undersauced. If, yep. if it's supposed to be it, sauce and comes out with dry patches, right? Yeah. You're really looking for that even coating. Yeah. Right? And kind of like you were mentioning, you can get some sauces that aren't pureed together, like a, a nice honey garlic. But what you're looking for for that honey garlic is a little bit of viscosity, a little bit of thickness, yes. right? So it, it does a glazing effect rather than 
what a thin sauce will do and soak into the wing and it just kind of looks dull. Looks yeah. like there's not a lot of care going into it. Favorite sauce, though, I think would have to be, um, there is, it's the only good thing Edmonton has going for it. There's a little <laughs> diner um, that does wings and they do a burnt onion honey chipotle sauce from scratch. And it, it is absolutely, it, it reminds me. Sounds pretty good. It reminds me a lot of um, Carolina-style barbecue where it goes flavor, 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 finish. Right? It starts with a little bit of the bitter, then a little bit of the acid, then a little bit of the spicy and sweet together, and then it's, that's it. Nice. And, and it was just, because it, it covers all the bases. It covers the people who like the honey garlic, right, with the sweet and the tangy. It covers people who like the spice from, like, a hot wing. covers savory. It, it, it covered all the bases. Like, I, I haven't found a sauce like it since, um, but for my money, it's the best wing I've ever had. I think I, I was toying around. I uh, went out for a bite to eat. Decided just to eat some wings and just wait. They, you went out to? Did you ask them just for flats? <laughs> no, I let someone order hey, some hey, wings and I picked that to flats. He, he, he's a fraud. That's a fraud. <laughs> um, fraud. Is the is the Carolina mustard mustard sauce? I decided Ooh, just to toss them into, and that was that was fantastic. It was, mm. it was really mm. good. It's, I'll. I go out of my way to make it at home now if I'm yep. going to do some wings. I've tried to replicate that And give the kids the drums, sauce. just for the record. Nice. Not, not quite the same. No? Not quite the same. Close, but I, I, I think we've agreed that the big thing really is what is the quality of the, the person making the sauce and executing the wings yeah. over yep. the quality of the saucing itself. So I know we talked about beforehand Sure. Um, the side burner on barbecue. Oh, <laughs> So, I'm going to give you an example of a good reason to have a side burner. Okay. I make my own barbecue sauce. Sure. I like to keep it hot. Because when I do wings on the barbecue, I like the multi-sauce. Okay. Layer after layer of sauce. So, you're getting uh, glazes and, and slightly different finishes. Yes. Okay. And then cooking them more, flipping them, more barbecue sauce. Okay. So, that's a good reason to have a side burner. I, I, I got to tell you, the... The two reasons I disagree with that, okay? The first really is I'm not a big fan of things like grilled wings. Yeah. It's just not my cup of tea. I know some people like it. It's just, it's not in my wheelhouse. I prefer a really good uh, deep fried crispy wing or an oven baked one where it gets crispy, right? Yeah. For, for me, that's what I look for is that first initial crunch on the wing. Second. So you don't get them sauce then? Um, d it depends you can really tell if a chicken wing is fresh because it can come out sauced and still be crunchy, right? Or Fair if it's hot. sat in a hot window for 10 minutes, it's just going to be soggy no matter what you do. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's a garlic parm rub. For me, when I think of a grill, I think primarily of a charcoal grill. For me, charcoal grills win out. Yeah. Right? I'm not a big proponent of natural gas. I'm not a big proponent of, of propane. I understand people, especially inner cities, tend to go propane just for ease. And, and that's just fine. That works for them. But for me, the care of actually building the bed of coals, building the, the flavors into those coals, whether you're adding wood chips to it to, to permeate in different flavors and things like that, and the timing and the heat control you get from it. For me, the little round charcoal grills trump everything. And because of that, there's no side burner on them. 
right? So for me, if I wanted to keep a sauce hot like you do, I would take one of my little cast iron pots and just put it on the grill beside yeah. it, which serves similar purpose. The reason I'm so against side burners is growing up, my <laughs> mom used to try and cook rice pilaf on the side, and it wasn't... Uh, my mom was great at cooking for survival. <laughs> Not necessarily for flavor. Right? So, for... <laughs> For, for me, I can understand why you'd want a side burner to accompany and, and assist in the cooking. I dislike it because so many people rely on it to cook elements that aren't already on the barbecue. Yeah. Right? So. Okay. Um, it wasn't a fisticuffs question, but no. I, I like your argument. It was a good argument. Well, I, I, and like I said, I don't, I don't think of it more as an argument. I think of it more as early childhood trauma for myself, right? And I, no, I don't want flashbacks. No, please no, right? So, like I said, I, I totally get why you want to keep a sauce hot, right? Because yeah. you don't want to waste time with it getting back up to temperature, sticking to your grill, all those things, right? So it makes perfect sense why you do it. Okay. Um, so next topic, best condiment for barbecuing on a grill, not smoking. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I should be playing Jeopardy music. <laughs> um, well, I can't. Do, do you have one or or off the top of my head, I can't. So I, uh, I, I've got a few, but to narrow it down, I'll, I'll, I'll start then and buy you some time. How about that? <laughs> works, works for me. Uh, I think really it comes down to um, specifically for grilling, not smoking, not not anything like that. Is the sauce you're using? Yeah. Right. Like you were saying for your chicken wings, right? Your chicken wings could be just a nice grilled wing, get a little bit of that char flavor, or you can take it up two or three or four or five levels by putting layers of sauce on it, right? For a brisket, you could take a brisket and just slow cook it on a grill and get close to a, a, the same effect as, as a smoke, but you have the chance to take the flavors that you've dry rubbed it and kind of um, enhance those flavors by adding in the layers and, and building and, and really foundation um, setting your food. Uh, and that's something that your uh, condiment could be based on, though, yep. is what what's the protein? What are you matching it up with? For sure, yeah. So it, it's just, I mean, it's going to boil down to, is it pork, is it beef, or is or is it bird, different birds, you know? Well, I mean, you've you got to think. I mean, in terms of a condiment, for the most part, we're talking sauces. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mayos, mustards, yeah, yeah. barbecues. you got to think, right? Going off your point of it has to be similar to the protein, if you think about like uh, a poutine, the condiment on that's actually your, your gravy, yeah, right. Yeah. And they pick that be, like a traditional chicken gravy or a veggie gravy because it pairs so well with your potatoes, right? So much to your point, if you're doing a pork belly, you're not going to go and pull out a beef demi glace and make a sauce out of that, <laughs> and on it goes because people will be really confused as to what the mom and dad of that pig were, <laughs> right? Whereas if you're going to like a chicken, I think it was you back in culinary school Kevin who was talking about using um, a lemon butter as you're rotisserieing a chicken to make sure that the moisture locks in and to get a browning effect to get more of a roasted flavor and to keep the moisture in and using the condiment actually throughout the cooking process and not as a finishing process which I thought was really really cool 
That's one of my highlights. They don't happen often, but that's a good one. I, I did just give you credit. That doesn't happen. Um, but I, I, I really think it boils down to a sauce. For me, it's the, the sauce that marries best is the one that you're building off of the flavors that you've already incorporated into the meat. So if you're doing Tennessee-style barbecue, you build a Tennessee-style either glaze or sauce yep. to continue the process. If you're doing a classic French-style roasted chicken, and what, what are your thoughts? It's, it can go either. Like, like as you said, like with what with the rotisserie chicken, that turned out fantastic when I did it just in the process of it. Yeah. And then if you want to do it at the end of it as a finishing, it's going to be different. Like It will be a different flavor depending on when you do it. I got a question for Kevin. What about barbecue sauce on a burger? What are your thoughts about that? No. 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 How come? Um, I just, you're not going to get the same smoky effect. Like, just, okay. like, if, you, if you're doing, like, so you'll get it. Uh, if I'm going to use barbecue sauce at all, it's going to be when I'm mixing the burger together. Just to do it internally, but I'm, I'm not going to brush it on afterwards. W would you ever do, like, a mayo barbecue sauce mix as, like, a burger sauce? Now that I have the thought, I could try it. I've never tried it before. So and that's more of on a bun instead of yeah. a burger. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's interesting. So I've done the barbecue sauce on a burger, and the one thing I found, and it was very early on in, in my culinary beginnings, was oftentimes because so many barbecue sauces are so sugar heavy, yeah. you end up getting a little bit of that burnt sugar bitter taste. So yeah. very interesting. I don't think we're going to get to the bottom of this one anytime soon. I, I like this great conversation about it. But to move on. Just going to take a quick time out to bring you a commercial break. ATB knows that being an entrepreneur and business owner has its challenges. That's why they created the Entrepreneur Center. So whether you're dreaming, building, or growing, you can access a powerful set of tools to help you and your business and personal finances grow together. With locations in Edmonton, Calgary, Grand Prairie, and Lethbridge, and monthly pop-ups across the province, is just one more way ATB is helping reinvent banking. Visit atbentrepreneurcenter.com to find the location closest to you. And back to the episode. Kevin, you're taking a no stance on cilantro, and Alex, you're taking a yes stance. I'll start off with, um, you started with the last one, Kevin. Well, why is cilantro horrible? When your chef is at his wit's end and tells he, he's had enough and volunteered you to clean the fridge and at the bottom of it you find a five kilogram bag of rotten cilantro that you have to take out of the walk-in cooler. That kind of sticks with you for a lifetime. You, 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 you have my sympathies. That's such a gross job. That's so bad. Learned a lot from him, but he also had many flaws. That was definitely one of them. As all chefs do. <laughs> so that's your main reason for not liking cilantro. Yeah, if, if it comes, I'm not going to be the guy that says, like, for the taco, like a fish taco or a ship taco or something like that, just say, don't put it on. If it's part of their lineup, I'll take it, whatever. But I'm not going to go out of my way when I'm doing a dinner at home to go and get cilantro to mix in or do, like, 
to incorporate into like a puree or something like that just for color. I'll, I'll skip that side of the grocery store. <laughs> Alex, you're on the yes part of the... Uh... Well, ju just to, to give Kevin a little bit of a boost, I do understand that some people actually taste dish soap when they eat cilantro. There's a, I don't know if it's a genetic thing or what it is, but some people actually taste it and they go, no, it tastes like, like sunlight to me. And I get that. Uh, and I also get that it is a remarkably powerful herb. And so many people are way too heavy-handed with it. And it can overtake a dish and ruin a dish. Yeah. Right? So more than anything, it is something that I think should be cooked with. But it should be cooked with with care and a lot of responsibility in how you... Like, it, it's not parsley. People, no. No. It, I see it get treated like parsley all the time and, and I cringe. But that being said, I find cilantro to be one of those herbs, specifically when you're going into more of a Central and South American style, where a lot of their food relies on heat, yeah. like, like not just temperature heat, but spice heat, and a lot of freshness, specifically through acid. Typically, you're looking at um, different alcohols for that, or limes, um, and a couple vinegars for that. I find it can actually add a little bit of freshness and stop some of the, the lingering you know, tingly acid effects in your mouth or burning effects. I think one of the best things I've ever seen it used for is you take a whole flank steak, you rub it down, you grill it till it's medium rare, but then you make um, a dressing out of the beef fat with a little bit of cilantro, a little bit of uh, garlic, a little bit of shallot, and a little bit of uh, lime juice and zest, right? And you serve it almost like it's a chimichurri salad yeah, that's dressing. Yeah, it sounds like. Right. So things like that, but... You know what? For the most part, I agree with what Kevin said. You get a, uh, a mouthful of cilantro. Like, there is nothing that ruins a meal worse than just a mouthful of raw herb. Yeah. There, there's not. Like, you get uncut rosemary. That's game. Like, I'm done. <laughs> that, it's you can also go on the other side of cilantro of its other form with as the coriander seed. Coriander seed's delicious. Which, which is it's the yeah. same thing, but a totally yeah. different uh, concept in its use. So I mean the, that that one's definitely used a lot more through richer dishes yeah. and, and a lot more as an earthy element, which is delicious. Um, but specifically for things like um, like light fresh fare, whether it's fish tacos like you mentioned or fresh grilled steaks, cilantro tends to pair well with those earthier flavors. Uh, it pairs wonderfully with coffee. Mm, like doing, doing a coffee rub on a steak, it works really well. Um, I, I have actually made a, a espresso and cumin and coriander rubbed beef tenderloin and done jalapeno chimichurri on it. Delicious. Sounds uh, good. Yeah. I, my wife asked for that a lot. And I have to <laughs> remind her of how expensive tenderloin is. <laughs> but the, the biggest thing that I find and the biggest reason people don't like cilantro other than the genetics of it tastes like dish soap is they've had that one experience where someone just put too darn much of it. Interesting. Right? And yeah, just awful. Yeah, I think you're right. And there is genetics that go into it. Yeah. Um, that uh, people like it or don't like it. So, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience again. Can I vote for Kevin's arguments <laughs> on some facets? Because I think he made some wonderful points. Yeah. So, I know we have one for yes on cilantro. Not yet. No? I like cilantro. <laughs> I finally get one! <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> It's not a shutout. <laughs> With you saying like the, the too much of it, like o over usage, I, I've, yeah. I've never had that with the cilantro. With the cilantro, I've had it at one uh, great pizza place in town, but they used um, 
Oh, the peppery lettuce. Oh, a uh, frise. Arugula. Arugula? They topped the pizza with it. And not just sparsely, it was like... Took the whole mm. bag and dumped it on. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't mind if there's a lot of arugula if you're putting it with things like balsamic and prosciutto. Sweet, salty, a little tangy. Oh, it's to, straight to balance out top it, of right? pizza. Right. But, like, I, I've had it where I've gone out and had, like, traditional um, Chilean food. Because one of my friends used to live in Chile, so I we eat Chilean food quite a bit. And in the middle of the, the salsa picante was, must have been, like, three bunches of cilantro. And like oh, like maybe seven hundred and fifty mils of, of of salsa, and it was just no, just all kinds of no. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's the toughest thing for for young cooks and aspiring chefs and, and home cooks to learn is moderation, moderation. in things in things that are being used as a garnish. Yeah. 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 Cool. So uh, we have one last item. Oh, I can pull it to a tie. Again, <laughs> if you pull it to a tie, I think we'll have a coin toss, or maybe I have another one up my sleeve. So, okay, um, I'm down. Best way to cook an egg. Mm. Uh, uh, wow. I'm doing this one for Shane. <laughs> so, I, I actually have two ways to, to do an egg, and it's simultaneous. I and for me, egg cooking really speaks testaments about the person who's cooking it and their skill. Because an egg is so remarkably finicky. Is it breaking in Hollandaise? <laughs> it would be Hollandaise just not breaking it. But doing uh, a traditional eggs benny, right? Yep. Because to do a real classic French style eggs benny, it's a perfectly set white without overcooking your yolk. Your yolk runs velvety smooth, and then having a brilliantly smooth hollandaise sauce, which of course utilizes the egg yolk, which means that you need to be careful in how you're doing it and not scramble your yolk, right? So for me, that is the perfect preparation of an egg, is a wonderfully silky smooth hollandaise over top of a perfectly poached egg. I was going to go to different methods. Uh, I love poached eggs on some uh, rye, toasted rye bread. And a really nice, smooth uh, omelet. Like, like a French style? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's tough. Fr yeah. French, French style yeah. omelets, remarkably hard. Yeah. yeah. But, but if, you, if you get it done right, it's not cooked to garbage. The, the, the one point I would make against a French omelet and why poached is better is because a French omelet, you can hide a broken yolk. A poached omelet... Or a, a, a poached egg, rather. If your yolk breaks, it's game. That's it. Yeah. Right? It, it tells you exactly what your errors are. If you don't have enough vinegar in your water, it's done. If your water's not seasoned with enough salt, your egg is bland. Right? You can't season a poached egg post-fact. No, no, no. Totally agree. Yeah. You can but, save the seasoning with but the a, omelet. But, but if you're... Because a French omelet, you crack it into the bowl and you whisk it up a little bit. Right? If you break a yolk... You're breaking all the yolks. Like, who cares? Throw, throw the dish away, start over again, yeah. Right, like, if you break a yolk on a poach, it's, no, you, you, you start over. Yeah. You, you've ruined your poaching water probably. you got to get the water going again. you got to re-season everything. you got to get it back up to the simmer. you got to... That's why you do it right the first time, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree, but why do you have to poach it twice at school, Kevin? Oh. Uh, he could ask why I broke my Hollandaise at school. Yeah. So, so th th this really isn't a mudslinging match, I promise. <laughs> but um, 
No, the the people who say you know an over easy egg is the hardest. I I really disagree with that. Yeah. Right, because really all it is is you low low heat on it goes. Once the white set, you flip it ten seconds later, you're done. Yeah, not hard. And it's the care that you put into it. Like if you're gonna just give it and flip it and not care, you gotta give like the same as all foods. You just gotta kind of get that motion and fall through. And like if you're gonna be happy with it, they have to be happy with I, what you're giving them. I, I would almost argue the three toughest ways to, to cook an egg, as opposed to what my, my favorite is, would be a traditional poach, like we've said, yep. a traditional French, like we've said, and then a perfectly cooked soft-boiled egg, right? Yes. And the reason I say soft-boiled is outside of, of putting it in the water, it is 100% knowing what temperature your egg was going into the water, knowing what temperature your water is when it's cooking, and then tracking time because you can't check your egg. On a poached egg, if you're really nervous, you can pull it up out of the water and take a feel and see, oh, my white's not quite there yet. Yep. But on, on a perfectly soft boiled egg, man, if you're off by 10 seconds or over by 10 seconds, it, it makes the it, it's world of difference. Like a, a French chef will actually like put, you, you. put, put you on pot and pan duty rather than let you cook again. Like it, <laughs> it's, eggs are something sacred. Yep. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I agree 100%. The, the timing boils down to absolutely everything. There, there's so many factors into a a soft boiled egg. I don't think it's the hardest because I mean, too much speed on your your poach or on the water for your poach and yep. your egg's done. Yep. Too much heat on your pan for French omelet and you put color on it. Yes. Again, you get French chefs chucking egg at your face. <laughs> yeah. And then you literally have egg on your face twice over. <laughs> but um. And, no. a, and a mad French chef. <laughs> but I think the, the fact that a Benny takes two applications of egg cooking simultaneously done and can be done in four minutes flat for both, I think is, is what takes it for me. So, audience, eggs Benny versus the French omelette. I know what I want, but... Omelette? Omelette? I'm both. I just like it. I like it. Which one is harder to do? So, so that's a vote for Benny. The question was, which which way of cooking an egg is better? Which I prefer skill over just scrambling eggs in a pan. So when you break the uh, hollandaise sauce, there's no skill. <laughs> when when you put color on your French omelet and can't get it to roll, there's no skill. <laughs> <laughs> Mudsling time. <laughs> I think the audience has given that one again to Kevin. So there, there's, I, I guess pity does win. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. I'll pay you guys there. later. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. What, what was your backup question? Uh, do you put ketchup on scrambled eggs? Not a no. chance. Yes. No. No. Not a chance. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to fight everybody here. Ketchup <laughs> on scrambled eggs. I, okay, so so no, no, so uh, I I got a question for you. Since Kevin and I agree, two verse one. Let's see. Let's see if you can do it. Why yes to ketchup on scrambled eggs? Well, I find that eggs are just if you're scrambling them, you need something on there. Pepper works. But I I like scrambled eggs of just. Eggs. I don't. I don't want to put milk in there. I don't want to put. Sure. Um, I, I put a little water at the end, so they come out a little bit fluffier. Okay. Not not mixing the water in. 
Okay. Um, just like right into the pan as you're doing it. Yeah. Okay. But this is just personal preference. Okay. Um, it's not what I do in a restaurant. I put a little bit of pepper in there, no salt. No, salt, salt causes it to leach water. Yeah, so... Every cook learns that in day one of eggs. Yeah. Except for but, but I I like just a nice uh, scrambled eggs. Yeah. Um, a strange thing for me, I like them a little bit well done too. So okay. they don't have to be very, very fluffy. Um, I like them on the well done side. <coughs> if they have some color, I'm a little bit alright with that because... Again, I like the eggs more well done. And I just, I like the sweetness of ketchup. I put ketchup on everything. We, we are such polar opposites. I like my scrambled eggs to be <coughs> almost like the doneness of the inside of a French omelet. A little yep. bit wet. No, I, I get that. I understand that. Oh. But it kind of, like egg yolks, I, I'm not a huge fan of unless you're cooked all the way through. You know, I, I will give you a little bridge on the ketchup because with my scrambled eggs, I love grilled tomatoes. Okay. Right. So I can see the sweetness aspect, but I don't understand necessarily why we're putting a burger lubricant on my scrambled eggs. <laughs> you, were, you were saying earlier, though, you, you're getting more into, like, egg whites and stuff. Yeah. Catch up still going to that? No. Okay. Um, There's a bit of saving grace. Okay. <laughs> so, so they would if I wasn't on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> So what what sides do you eat with your scramble? Um, lately, it's just been the just just the eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah okay. just eggs. But I'd love to have toast with it. I'd love to have bacon or sausage or hash browns. Or just, just do the old. See, the scrambled eggs is the side to my bacon. See, if I go out to get eggs at a restaurant, doesn't matter what I'm getting. It's either usually scrambled eggs or mm. over hard. So. See, I, I understand over hard, especially if you're doing something like a breakfast sandwich. Yeah. Right, because you don't want to bite in and then yolk like. Blows no, up on your face. Even just but if I go get a breakfast combo, like yeah, it's over hard. Yeah, again, I like the eggs cooked. So when I get a Benny, I probably won't order a Benny at a restaurant because you know I know how long out. it's going to take. Yeah, I will get a Benny at a buffet because I know those yolks are going to be overcooked. Fair enough. Interesting. Fair enough. That That's makes a sense, little actually. bit of logistics that I hadn't thought about. Gavin, what's your favorite way to do eggs or eat eggs? All-time favorite, I have to say, soft-boiled. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. A little toasted dip. Yep. Oh, my, yep. my nan would love you because that's what she has for breakfast every Sunday morning. <laughs> okay. Um, again, everybody, thanks for coming out. This was a truly fun event. Um, this was, thank, was a blast. Thank you very much. Alex, Kevin, thanks. Well done. Thanks.